Welcome to Kelly McAtee Curated Content for the Busy from the context of the seven mind-molding mountains of cultural influence where we are seeking to be busy with the right things that fill our cup to overflowing because that not only nourishes ourselves but it overflows onto our households, our communities, our cities, states, and nations. For when the people thrive in the land, the whole land prospers. Thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year. If you're listening to this in real time, we've just entered into the year 2023 in the Gregorian calendar, which is based on a solar calendar. I say Gregorian because I also study the Hebrew calendar, which is lunar, and that new year occurred in September of 2022 for those of us um, on the Gregorian calendar. And at that time, we entered into the Hebrew year 5783. So there's a little bit of overlap between the Hebrew calendar and the Gregorian calendar and that they share now that we've entered 2023, the number three. And I haven't really gotten into yet um, kind of the study of numbers, which I have really enjoyed over the years, and I'll start to roll that out over time. But basically, the number three is about completion. It's about resurrection. And I'm not real big on New Year's resolutions. I really never have been uh, for various reasons, mostly because I just can't seem to keep them. And that is just really depressing. (laughs) No thanks. But I am about layers and each layer, each year adding another layer of growth, another layer of maturing, maybe another layer of prospering in some way in my life. We have a tendency in the Western world to think of prosperity as only being financial, and that's not true. You know, we can prosper emotionally, we can prosper spiritually, we can prosper in our relationships, we can prosper in all sorts of ways in addition to financially. But I also love to share resources. That is one of my favorite things. I love to research and take deep dive into things. I really only like to share resources if I have had enough time to research them, which is usually over years because that's what it takes, because I like the test of time. You can do all sorts of due diligence. You can dive in with a fine-tooth comb on any given subject, but the absolute very best test of anything is time. So anything that is real stands the test of time. It is lasting. And for those of you who've been listening to me for a while, you know that I am coming from a um, Messiah-centered worldview and focus. And it is my belief that the Messiah, the Savior of the whole world, is Jesus of Nazareth. So I am coming from a biblical perspective in the sense that I believe that Jesus of Nazareth is the anointed one, the Messiah. He came as a human 
He lived, he breathed, he worked, he engaged with humans, he learned, he taught. He lived just like we do, fully human, yet fully God. So he lived just like we do, yet he also did what we couldn't do, which is live the perfect life, die a death, which we will all die, a physical first death, and then he conquered that death. He rose again. And so if you are in him, you are a new creation. And so, and it's a very simple process. If you are ready to enter into the kingdom of God, if you are ready for a new way, for a new life, it is very simple. All you do is acknowledge that you are fallen, you are sinful, you are in need of a savior, every single one of us. If you are a human with two legs and two arms, or maybe you don't even have legs or arms, but you're still a human, you have a soul, and every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. That's actually a good thing. We don't realize that. That's a good thing. We want there to be one single being. That is everything that we can't be. We want that. That's good for us because that means every single one of us is on the same playing field. And there is only one that is truly holy, that is truly infinite, that is truly righteous, that is truly all-powerful. There's only one, and it it's not me. I promise you, <laughs> it is not me. And I am in need of some help. I just have got some chaos going on here. You know, my brain gets running a million miles a minute. I'm easily overwhelmed. I want to please people and then I get mad because I'm trying to please them and it's not what I want. Good grief. Oh my gosh. Gotta have a savior. So for me, that savior is Jesus. And so when I invited him into my life, The first time I did it was at a very young age, but then I went through a time of a whole lot of chaos. And you might hear people, if you're listening to sermons or that sort of thing, you might hear people talk about the desert experience. So I had a very long desert experience, and it was pretty intense emotionally and spiritually and physically, and I talk about that some over time. Um, throughout this podcast, but one of the things that has just been driving me nuts that I am no longer willing to live with is the chaos and even the neglect of my own personal life, of my work life and my family life and my financial life and my emotional life. I'm tired of the chaos. And I've been tired of it for a while, but I haven't really known how to implement proper systems in my daily world to start to push that chaos out and allow the order to blossom and bloom and flourish. Because I really have felt more of like a chicken with my head cut off running around just addressing the loudest need at the time. So for for example, being a young mom, You know, there's a lot of emotion that goes on in that role. You've just had a baby. You know, you're maybe trying to get back to work because that's the world that made sense to you. But yet, 
you've got this very strong drive of, oh my gosh, I don't want to leave this child. There's just, there's so much there. And so you tend to really only be able to address the loudest needs at the moment. And sometimes that is a screaming baby. Sometimes that is um, egregiously dirty hair because you haven't had the time to go wash it. And you really, especially with young kids, can't even pee in peace. Sorry for the crassness, but it's true. You know it's true. And then if you've got pets in there, you really can't. So there has to be some intention, especially during certain life stages. And so now that I've made it through some of the young kids stage and um, we're moving into that adolescent phase, I feel like I have a hot minute to breathe. I feel like I've tested enough things of like, wow, that really didn't work. And then there's other things that really did work. And so one of my favorite resources that I have recently come across, she is my new favorite person on the planet. This is, I'm sharing this sooner than I normally do because I've just gotten introduced to her, but it is Chelsea Moore and her website is chelseajo.co. It's C-H-E-L-S-I-J-O dot C-O. And I'll put that I'll put her website in the notes because it has been so refreshing and so helpful for me. And the biggest thing that I'm going to be working on for this year of 2023 is time blocking. I have been feeling like my schedule has really needed some adjusting. And I've got certain hard stops. I've got certain parameters. I want to be the one that picks up my child more days than not. Therefore, I have got a certain amount of work time during every day. I've got a certain amount of work time. I've got a certain amount of personal time. I've got a certain amount of errand time. And none of those can totally take over because that's where the neglect thing comes in that drives me absolutely nuts. If I'm neglecting work, I feel terrible and guilty. If I'm neglecting personal stuff, I feel terrible and guilty. I'm done with feeling terrible and guilty. Bye-bye. Be gone. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to make a schedule. I'm going to stick to it more days than not. And then I'm going to move on. And I'm going to feel happy. And I'm going to feel joyful. And I'm going to work hard. And then I'm going to rest hard. And I am just done with feeling strung out and exhausted and pulled in a million directions. I am done with having no proper restorative me time. I'm going to plan it and I'm actually going to stick to it. And I'm not going to let that spill over too long because sometimes that happens with me too. I spend too much me time. Like, okay, now it's time to get back on the horse. Now you're neglecting the other stuff. But I haven't really known how to actually discern and evaluate and know if I legitimately am spending the proper amount of time on each of the responsibilities that fall under my bucket and my heading for my work, for my home, and for my family, and then for me personally. So the Chelsea Joe kind of their their 
she's got roadmaps, she's got podcasts, she's got free workbooks that help you flesh things out and work them out. They are so helpful, they are so useful, and so I really want to make sure that I am sharing that with you all and for you to go check it out because you can find your own way. Every personality is slightly different and things that you need, I might not and vice versa. Areas where you're really strong in your world and your schedule might be areas where I really struggle and vice versa. And she does a good job kind of really laying it out across a wide variety of potential needs and then you go and flesh it out for you personally and your personality, your lifestyle, your life stage, and your home. And if you're a man listening to this, she does tend to really kind of target Um, the mom, the working mom, the busy mom, but there's still some really good nuggets in there for you, especially if you struggle with time management and if there are certain things that maybe you're finding that you're neglecting or maybe a wife is always harping on you for something, there might be something there that might help. But even Even if you've got that really pretty together, men, if you can listen to some of her stuff, you'll get some insights into some possible things that your spouse or your wife or your girlfriend could really be struggling with where you could potentially really help her. Now, this is not always the case, but typically men are better at taming chaos and simplifying things than women are. Women can tend to get really overwhelmed if there's too much chaos. Lots of female personalities, and and it depends on the chaos. So certain types of chaos freak me out, but something that feels really chaotic to me doesn't necessarily feel really chaotic to my sister or my mother or some of my best friends. But then something else that doesn't feel chaotic to me at all, I'm like, oh no, that's not a big deal. You just do this, this, and this. I'll look at some of my really close friends and their eyes are popping out of their head. They're like, oh my gosh, that is so much. I cannot handle that. I'm shutting down. So it really depends on the personality and who your spouse is, where they're struggling. And sometimes we can feel really overwhelmed if there are other areas in our life that are maybe pushing us over the edge. So it really is like working a big puzzle. And so because men were created outside of the garden, so they were created outside of the garden and then placed in the garden after the garden was created. So men typically like to go out. They want to go out and tame chaos and bring order and cultivate and um, harness. Like that's kind of, in general, again, this is not always, but in general, men are comfortable going out, taming chaos and bringing order because women were created within the garden. The garden was already tamed And they were created out of man within the garden. They tend to like to stay within the cultivated corral in that safe space 
Once some things are orderly within that space and they're feeling comfortable with that, then they can go out. So that can even be helpful if you are training men, if you are parenting young men or boys or girls. It's good to understand that foundational knowledge. You'll see boys just constant energy. I got to get up. I got to go out. I got to run. I got to tame. I got to, you know, ram these cars and see what happens. And then maybe we'll clean up the mess, but maybe we won't. Maybe we'll move on to the next chaos. (laughs) So you can really see the difference between the two and the beauty of both of them. That's why it's so wonderful when they come together and the two become one because then they end up being the iron that sharpens iron. They help each other, you know, where where the man constantly wants to go out and tame chaos, the woman kind of helps balance that and says, okay, now, hey, let's finish this first mess of chaos before we start moving on to the next mess of chaos, or we're just going to be stuck in a whole bunch of chaos. And then vice versa, you know, then the, the men can help the women who maybe tend to stay too long within the safety of that garden. They can help prompt, hey, Let's push it. Let's go. We've got everything orderly here. Let's move on to the next. Let's go to the next garden and tame that one. And let's do it together. And let's both bring our gifts and abilities to the table. So that's kind of in an ideal, you know, utopian. That's the way it was intended. Certainly, um, once sin entered the world and now we've got a lot of egos in place and um, sometimes behind the scenes manipulation and there's, there's a lot of things to deal with there. But if you can really have the candid conversations that you need to have and you can create those safe spaces within your relationships of it's okay for you to be you and it's okay for me to be me. In fact, we want that. Because I bring certain gifts and abilities to the table that you don't and vice versa. You want to be able to have that really safe space to say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. I'm not coming from a place of attacking you. I just need help fleshing this out. And that's where real beauty can happen. But sometimes we don't know what it is we're struggling with. We just know it's something. And so that's where those relationships come in that are so valuable. And there's that scripture that says, you know, take this, take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your, your brother's eye. The idea behind that is often we can see others better than we can see ourselves. But here's the paradox. If you've got a certain personality, if you got if something is really driving you nuts in somebody else, 80% of the time that's something that you yourself are struggling with, you just don't see it. So that is a principle that's a psychological principle of the subconscious mind. So subconsciously I'm reacting to something in somebody else. Well, why is that activating an emotional response out of me? Well, nine times out of 10, I just said 80% of the time, so I should stick to that number. 
This is not a hard and fast science here. But 80-90% of the time, that is because that is something I struggle with and I'm frustrated with that. I want that to not be the case in my world anymore. And it's, it's bugging me because I don't know how to, either I don't see it or I don't know how to address it. And so it's easier for me to be annoyed at somebody else than for me to deal with my own stuff. And so once we can gain a tolerance or we learn that, we can go ding, 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 huh, there might be something there for me to flesh out in myself. And then that particular issue, it, it may or may not, you know, totally bug you um, moving forward, but it certainly lessens it. And so it's just, it's a great barometer. You know, emotions are energy in motion. One of my most amazing mentors, Dr. Burris, I mean, just, he has been absolutely foundational for me. And he's got a Bible study actually that you can, if anybody is interested, I can um, send you info on that. But he's a a psychologist and um, just an amazing, amazing Mentor, I ca- I always called him my my sensei. So he he really helped me work through a lot of really core things, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And one of those things, one of those nuggets that he gave me that has been such a jewel for me is Kelly. Emotions are energy and motion. They are information for you. So, um, society or religion or, you know, all sorts of different types of psychology can sometimes feed us the message that emotions are bad, or maybe we pick that up from a parent or something, or that we have to control them. Well, certain personalities, and I would actually say that most personalities, because emotions, I believe, are one of our greatest gifts from God. So emotions are biochemically embedded in our system. They are, they trigger, so feelings trigger a biochemical response within our bodies. And those neurotransmitters and those hormones are absolutely some of the most powerful chemicals on the planet. And so for somebody to say, control your emotions, like I kind of laugh at that. I'm like, really? (laughs) Have you felt some emotions lately? Because it's like a herd of wild stallions. Really? Good luck. So unless you're skilled at taming wild stallions, and especially if there's a pack of wild stallions, you're going to have to deal with that pack one at a time. So to me, the idea of controlling emotions, it doesn't work because then it squirts out to the side over here and it's like, well, dang, where the heck did that come from? Like, well, yeah, that's a pack of stallions that didn't get dealt with over here. And so now it's squirting out to the side over there. And so That's why we want to embrace our emotions. We can't not feel them. They're there. We have to acknowledge them. 
And we have to acknowledge, okay, this is information for me. So what am I feeling? Am I feeling fear? Okay, what, do, first of all, should I be feeling fear? Because if a lion is chasing you down, I think you should feel fear. That's probably a good thing. That's some good information for you to get away and run really fast, as fast as possible. So that is an appropriate emotion. If you are in an abusive relationship where you start to feel fear towards the end of the day because that abusive partner is getting closer to coming home from the day, that is an appropriate emotion. It is appropriate to feel fearful if somebody comes home and beats the pulp out of you. That is appropriate. Now, we don't want to take that lightly. That is very serious. And if you are in a situation like that, I want to make sure that you seek the proper help. I will put in the notes of this section places for you to go, phone numbers for you to contact. You do not want to stay in emotionally or physically abusive relationships. Those are not safe. And it takes two people to be in that. There is the person who receives the abuse and there is the person that dishes out the abuse. Both of those people are hurting because hurting people hurt others. Hurting people allow others to hurt them. So we don't want to continue in those dances. Those are dances that are not good for anybody. So we want to get healthy. We want to get strong. And we want everybody within the household to be able to do that. Now, sometimes that requires getting out of a relationship and staying out of that relationship. But not always. Sometimes it requires a break from that relationship and both people go get the help that they need. And then they can come back and be in a fruitful, loving, appropriate healthy, vital relationship. But every single person has to do their own work. And so it that's what it requires. And some personalities can go do that work and some can't. And, and really that's okay too. But that's what I'm learning also personally is, okay, fine. I've gone and done my work and there are going to be some people that have been in my past that are that have been important to me and are still important to me but for various reasons i really can't go back to engaging in a relationship in the same way that it once was and that's okay too because really life keeps moving and so it takes us on these different paths and sometimes that means appreciating a relationship while it was around, maybe even if it wasn't the most healthy, but we learned something from it and we're able to move on. So once you start working through and looking at your schedule and your daily life, you will start finding these wonderful treasures, these wonderful opportunities for healing. Because guess what? Whatever is going on with us, spiritually and emotionally, it manifests in our physical world. 
There's no way around it. It's all connected. The physical, the spiritual, the emotional, they're all connected. And we can spend a lifetime wanting that to not be true, (laughs) and it doesn't make it not true. So if we've got some things emotionally to deal with, it's going to manifest spiritually and it's going to manifest physically. And the same goes for the other two buckets. And so it's actually a really good thing that we should not be afraid of what it is is information for us. So if stuff is manifesting physically, so for example, I've had a period of time Um, I would even say when Mark and I first got married, which is, it'll be 19 years um, this year. So 19 years ago, it was the merging of our lives. And we both just had so much stuff. I mean, I just feel like we have been buried under stuff. And most of it was hand-me-downs. And a lot of them were wonderful antiques that I wish I still had in a lot of ways. But a lot of it, it was like at the time, it's like, I don't want this stuff. I don't want all these old antiques. Everything is brown. I don't want brown. It's okay to have a pop of brown, but I don't want the whole house to be brown. And so I felt like everything I had was somebody else's that wasn't mine. And so when you're feeling that, you start to feel discontent and then you start chasing, right? We can really boil things down to desire. So let's just take that one thing of of antiques, hand-me-down antiques, hand-me-down stuff. Everything I had was somebody else's that was given to me. It was handed down to me. And you get a little bit older and you start to actually really appreciate those things and really value them because they go back to your roots and you've got these connections to these really important family figures in your life that maybe aren't around anymore. But when you're young, you're like, well, shoot, who am I in the mix of all of this? I don't want to be my mom. I don't want to be my dad. I don't want to be my grandmother or grandfather, right? I want to be me. And so I have to go find and discover who that is. And the only way to do that is through trial and error. Well, so Mark and I come together. We've got the merging of these um, these families, these ways of living. Every single human does this. If you come together in marriage with somebody else, it is a merging of essentially histories coming together to form a new pathway, a new history, a new family. Well, you got to take a lot of time and sort through both of those histories and decide who are you going to be now that you are coming together as one. You are a new household. You are a new family. You are a new creation, essentially. And so what is that going to look like? Well, it takes a lot of time and energy and intentionality and effort and a lot of conversations, a lot of wrestling through things to decide who are y'all going to be? What are y'all's dreams now together? Where do you want your life to go together? And you're two separate people. So that means there has to be a little bit of overlap. Now it's good for each person to have their own interests because you don't want to, you don't want enmeshment. 
enmeshment isn't healthy for both those individuals. You want to keep a, a healthy level of individuality. These are kind of my things. These are what I enjoy doing. I love to go do them. You know, I have one of my you know, one of my brother-in-laws loves to cycle. I mean, he loves it. It is a passion of his. And my sister, you know, she, she sure, it's fine. But I don't need to go do it the way that you do it. In fact, that's, a, that's your thing. Go do it for hours and let it fill you up. But she doesn't need to go do that. So that's just a perfect example of something that, that one person can be passionate about the other person can encourage them within that passion, but they don't necessarily have to go participate in it. You know, then there's another one. You know, um, my husband loves to travel. I don't care about traveling. I really don't. We did it a lot when um, when I was young. My family traveled a ton. Um, they, it was wonderful. I got to see a lot of the world. Thank you, family. Thank you, Jesus, for the world. It's beautiful. Um, but... I don't need to travel a whole lot. It's a pain in the butt. Stuff is delayed. Um, packing and unpacking, you know, the whole re-entry thing, really, really a lot. And my TVs are fabulous. I mean, and they just are getting better every year. They are more clear. You know, we've got surround sound. It vibrates. It's just like I'm there. Yet I'm at home and I can be in my jammies um, with my cats and all the food that I prefer. So I don't care about it, but my husband loves it. So I have to make an effort to meet him there and make the effort to let him experience getting out, traveling. He loves to do it. He would, I mean, that man would be traveling every weekend of the year if he could. Um, now, of course, the older you get, maybe it wouldn't be every weekend, but certainly young, he was traveling every weekend. So some of that shifts and changes depending on your life stage. But the idea is that we want to take the time to sit down, look at our lives. Where am I potentially spending time, resources, which includes finances, which includes energy, which includes focus, that maybe isn't the most beneficial to me and then my family um, and those around me that I care about the most. And at the same time, look, what am I doing well? Where am I really excelling? Where am I really plugging and sowing my gifts and abilities out into the world and I'm yielding a crop? emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, where am I doing well? So that's what I like to do. And I start doing that actually in September. So this is where the Hebrew calendar comes in. I start chewing on all of those things because my personality needs time. I need to test things. Sometimes life gets busy and I don't have the time to sit down. So it's like I have had to build in substantial pregame time, substantial pre-work time. So I start preparing for the Gregorian New Year, which we're in right now, January 2023. I start preparing for that in September, the year before, which is the Hebrew New Year. So I started preparing 
for January 2023 in September 2022, which is actually the Hebrew, when you enter into the Hebrew New Year, which we did, we entered into 5783 of that Hebrew calendar in September. So I start planting those January seeds the September before. I start making notes. I start trying to notice because I have to be in the moment. I have to notice, oh, wait, I don't like I don't like this particular spot on my schedule. Okay, why don't I like it? Is it because I'm hungry and I'm never home and then I don't like grabbing something out and about? Or is it because I'm tired? And why am I tired during that particular block of time during the day? I have to have a lot of time to assess that stuff and make notes so that then by the time January comes around, I've already been testing things. I've already been making notes of things. I've already decided, no, you know what? I don't care what is going on in my schedule. I will be picking up my child from school at this time a minimum of four days a week. I will. Because I don't like the feeling because I've had enough times where some work thing comes up and I'm like, hey mom or hey Mark, can you go can you go pick up our daughter? Like I don't like the feeling of not being the one to go do it. Now, are there every once in a while gonna be some things that it's like, oh shoot, I really have to be the one at that particular meeting? Yes, but that should only happen maybe once every few months. Because for the most part, I have found if I'll speak up about my needs, other people have flexibility in their schedule. So if I say, hey, this block of time in the afternoons, I'm out. They go, oh, okay, that's no problem. They can usually meet or do a phone call right before that or right after it. But I had to learn to be confident and clear and willing to clearly state my needs. Because really, for the most part, I like to be flexible. I prefer, oh, okay, what time is best for you? So that's kind of my default. But then I end up finding, well, shoot, the time that they threw out there is actually the one time in the day that's really important for me. Well, I had to get comfortable saying, this block of time is out. That's that's for me. That's for me and my family. That's important to me. It only, it's an hour. There are 12, there are, you know, 11 other daylight hours that we can make some things happen. And I have found that more times than not, people are plenty happy to accommodate that. Now, I my schedule is, is definitely different. Um, I'm in real estate. There's a lot of flexibility there. Um, my husband's job is amazing, and he has a lot of flexibility there too. So it depends on your life stage and your situation. Some For some people who have 
maybe a, an accountant job where you have to be in the office from nine to five, period, end of story, you're going to have some different parameters. Thankfully, a, most of our corporate environments have learned the importance of, huh, I really actually get more out of my employees when they do have the flexibility to address some of their personal or family needs. People have really clued into that. That's a good thing. We certainly, we want to be performing. If somebody is paying our salary, it is right and good for us to perform. You know, um, I've definitely, I've heard people say before, when we're taking a salary and during work hours and stuff, we're not doing work. We're, you know, planning trips or running errands and stuff that that is stealing. And that's kind of a, an extreme example. But w- the more I dug into it, I'm like, huh, that's really kind of an interesting concept. And it might have quite a bit of truth to it. Because if they're paying me for a return, which means I have committed, okay, you give me X amount of money and I will give you X amount of work output, then we have to be delivering on that. And so at the same time, a lot of companies have realized, oh, okay, you know, for the most part, a lot of industries, you can get your work done just about any time. Just make sure you're doing it. So there has been um, some some openness, some understanding of humans will tend to be more effective and more efficient if they're not worried and stressed out about their personal life. So um, hopefully you're in a a situation where you do have um, a certain level of flexibility in order to meet your personal needs, your um, spiritual needs, your emotional needs, um, and physical needs, that type of thing. So Anyway, I'm so excited to share with you the ChelseaJoe.co resource. It's been so helpful to me. I hope that it's helpful to you as you are entering into this new year and and really trying to think about the things in your world that can really start to take some shape in terms of moving you and your household and your home and your family towards your dreams. We will never get there if we are not intentional about it. And if we don't block out all of the distractions that take away essentially the roadmap, or if we don't even have a roadmap, we're never going to get there. And those are valuable things that are worth our focus, our time, and our energy. So thank you so much for joining me today. Please consider sharing it and come back anytime. If you've got any questions whatsoever, hop over to my Substack. If you're listening on a different platform, um, there's comments there. You can engage. You can subscribe. You can be a free subscriber. You can... There are various paid subscriber levels that just allow more access. Um, But just 
please reach out anytime if you've got any questions or comments or topics that you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And bless you and your daily life and your family with eyes to see and ears to hear. And may a great thriving begin to take place in your whole world.